Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And Kirsty's going to have a punchy line to come right now. You know what I was going to, and then you threw me off. <laughs> I was practicing it, and then you said, and Kirsty, and I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to have to do something. Oh, no. <laughs> do you want to redo? No. And this week, we're coming in hot with Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got. This is like a, not a preview to Hate Watch Hallmark season, but it's like a a little, a little taste, a little appetizer. Yeah, this is, (laughs) this is like the transitional season of the podcast. Yeah. Right? Like, you get a little nip in the air, you get the leaves changing the colors, you get a fall-themed Hallmark. Yeah. And then it's all going to be fine and dandy for a month, and then shit's going to hit you hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it'll Basically, all be Basically, whenever our episode on The Crown comes out, after that, it's all Christmas. It's all it's all done after that. That's the end of yeah. it. Yeah. It's nice to have, like, six weeks of content planned every year, no matter what. <laughs> it is, and I know how much the listeners really love that content block. They do. If you're new here, first of all, please identify yourself somehow, because we are, don't know if you're real or not. But we do we... have some questions. One of our Quarantine yeah. Corner updates is that we do have some questions, having recently <laughs> analyzed some metrics. Yeah. So, if you're new, welcome. Please, God, give us a rating on iTunes, because we need some help. Um, yeah. That's my desperate plea. There you go. Um, While we're at it, do you want to do Quarantine Corner? Yes, I want to do Quarantine Corner. Okay. You go first. Okay. I told you I had a sub-theme for this Quarantine Corner. Okay, I'm very excited. Which is two truths and a trauma. Yes, I'm so excited. That's what I'm bringing to you today. So I'm going to start with the trauma. Okay. I mean, you don't have to guess, but um, you already know about this trauma, but as part of our quarantine drought that we've been experiencing in terms of content, we have been watching a lot of Top Chef, like the whole backlog, which maybe was a poor choice, but, you know, <laughs> we're, we're here now. And the trauma <laughs> was in a, like, season five episode of Top Chef, they just... Decided it was fine to have Natasha Richardson, R.I.P., be the guest host for the episode. And I was like, excuse me, I'm not emotionally prepared for this. Like, (laughs) did I almost weep? Yes. Put a trigger warning on that shit. No kidding. I was just, I wasn't ready. It was just everyone pretended things were fine. You know, maybe they were. But (laughs) I was not fine. The problem is that they didn't travel forward in time right. to ask you right. if it was fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anyone knows anyone at Hulu right now, but, like, I also don't know what the metrics are on people watching Top Chef from, like, 2008. But, you know, there's enough of us out there who deserve a trigger warning on that content mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know the black screen that comes up that's like strong sexual content for <laughs> outlander it's just like strong natasha richardson content there you go <laughs> i needed that there you go um so that was my trauma and now i have two gifts to share with everyone okay and one of them is courtesy of our friend Catherine. Of course. <laughs> and that is Staff Let's Flats, which is a British show that recently came on to HBO Max. And it's an absolute delight. It's half hour comedy. It is, she said it was like The Office in a way that not any show has been <laughs> since The Office. So we watched all of it in like, I don't know, 
couple days. It's only like 12 episodes total. It's about a... Let me get this right. It's a family from Cyprus. <laughs> um, and they're, they live in London and they have this letting um, agency, so like realtors. And they lease like shitty, shitty apartments. And so the dad owns the company and he has two children who are like kind of useless in a way that is very similar to like a Schitt's Creek situation. And so the son is like inept. And there's a scene in the first episode where he tries to remove a pigeon from someone's home that made me literally laugh out loud in a way that I haven't in a very long time watching TV. <laughs> um, it's great. And then the other child is like, she doesn't do much. Like she goes to college for dance, but you learn that she, or, and singing and you learn very quickly that she's not a good singer or dancer. <laughs> so it's very, very funny. What was and it called? Staff Let's Flats. That doesn't sound like words to me. <laughs> Let's, like, letting, like, okay. leasing. Yeah. Flats, like, okay. apartments. Sure. Staff is a name. Staff? Staffs. S-T-A-T-H. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, oh, like, okay. My issue with HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one. I, I wasn't going to get on this horse, but I am. Hmm. So... My issue with HBO Max since it launched is no one marketed it well and no one told me what HBO Max was and why it was different than HBO Go and HBO Now and HBO. Correct. I'm not the only person who's had this problem. <laughs> and like what I've learned and whether it's a COVID thing that's led to this or whether it was the plan all along, like if HBO Max had come out and told me like we're just buying everything from Channel 4... Mm. And we're just bringing all this British content over, like, great. Yeah. I would have been talking about it like I was really excited about it. But instead, they're like, oh, it's HBO Max. Like, what is that? Do they have British Cottage Life? Uh, no. 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 They've been pulling in more, like, well, they pulled in, like, the doghouse and no. the pottery and this show and a, another, like, auteur comedy kind of that I watch. Gotcha. Like kind of some random stuff, but Get like HBO wet. Max, my advice to you, change your tagline to it's not BritBox, it's HBO. Yeah. Right? You can sell a lot more subscriptions that way. That is mm -hmm. my free advice to you. Yes, I agree with that. <sighs> okay, so that's Stathlet's Flats. And then my other gift is I finally watched most of, I haven't finished yet, The Night Manager, which was a, like, six-part miniseries from, like, 2016. And it was on AMC, but it's made, it was made for, like, some British channel, I don't know. It was, like, a co-production. Don't ask me questions. <laughs> I don't know. I remember seeing ads for it on AMC when I was watching something else in 2016, and I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. And then I never watched it. And then I like randomly would hear about it. And so I looked it up and it was on Prime. I'm almost positive it was Prime. Uh, <laughs> and it's a, it's like a, a spy, like an extended spy movie, if you will, like <laughs> kind of James Bondy, but not as tropey and not as kind of yucky. Mm -hmm. uh, and it takes place in like, across Europe and some of the Middle East, but, like, there's a lot of really good time spent, like, in the med, mm -hmm. which we can all appreciate as yes. below-deck med watchers. Yes. And there's a lot of people that we like in it. Um, I also found a new person that may be, like, at least tall, maybe hot, um, <laughs> who's Who is the it? lead. Let's do a Google. Tom Hiddleston. That name sounds not familiar. That's yeah. not the guy who dated Taylor Swift, is it? I don't know. Why would you ever expect me to know who dated Taylor Swift? I'm pretty Swift? sure that's the guy that dated Taylor Swift, in which case he's only tall. Yeah. Yeah? This is the guy. He's 6'2". 
Yeah, I know. He's for sure. I looked it up for you. He's for sure only tall. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. I wasn't sure. He's clearly, (laughs) he's, he is a tall man. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's, that's it. You heard my question mark. (laughs) It's sometimes hard with the British ones as well. It's hard. That is an Um, added layer of complication. Yes. So also, Hugh Laurie's in it, and like, He's an old man, but, like, he probably could fuck in his day. And then... <laughs> and then, speaking Wait, of Are we questioning who... whether or not Hugh Laurie fucked? <laughs> I Because that just... dude... What? Kelsey, is your barometer completely broken? Because that dude hella fucked. Okay, fine. I'm still thrown off from when I found out that Raffi fucked, okay? <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> a picture of this dude of raffi of raffi <laughs> raffi's canadian how tall is raffi i'm about to find out don't worry do not worry <laughs> he's not hot so don't panic okay that would really break me <laughs> oh my god he does have a last name, and that is almost as alarming to me as the idea of him <laughs> fucking for, is for you. Oh, yeah, I do know what this guy looks like, and he d- No, he doesn't <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we can't even have an episode because we just really need to address. God, I can only find his height in meters. Please hold. <laughs> He's 1.83 for anybody who that means stuff for. He is six foot, baby. Oh, yikes. That's, that's a man who fucks who's right on the line. Yikes. You know what? He does have tall man energy. Oh, I don't want to think about his energy. <laughs> You spent the last five minutes talking about him fucking. <laughs> I think no. it's okay to admit that he seems like a tall man. Okay. I'm sorry, but the man who's saying banana phone is not 5'6". That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what, you're right, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, alright. <laughs> Jesus <All> Christ. Right. <laughs> okay, so moving on to other people who fuck who are in this mini series that I recommend. Um, <laughs> our friend Tobias Menzies is in a couple oh, episodes. That is a tall man who fucks. We're bringing it yeah. full circle. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Also, Olivia Coleman's in this episode. I'm not going to comment on her fucking. And also, the person who they just cast to play Princess Diana in the next two seasons is in this one. The one who they said is really tall, whose name I don't know off the top of my head. 
Um, <laughs> I'm here. No, All I was right. just I was trying to research height for my quarantine corner update, but I'm still oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, potential tall man for somehow in the crown. No, a tall woman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. I'm totally listening. <laughs> okay, I haven't fully recovered from Raffi, so. <laughs> no one ever will. <laughs> I'm still a little scrambled. <laughs> I think I fell for like a week. <laughs> okay, so let's go back. Let's start okay. over at the crowd. So, Tobias Menzies. Yes. And also Princess Diana. No. Olivia okay. Coleman's also in the show. Yes. And the person who they cast as Princess Diana in the next two seasons. The one who's really tall, who everyone okay. kept saying was really tall. Great, we got and there. I can, I can confirm she's very tall. Sure, how tall is she? I don't know. She seems tall on I thought on you said TV. you could confirm, Kelsey. Yeah, confirm with my eyes. What season is this? Four? I'm sorry, you just got really dark in here. worth we have not actually seen each other on on video in weeks or in person in months <laughs> there's just Almost a, lot. a year we're not going to talk about that we're not that's not what we're here to talk about i'm just saying there's a lot happening a lot happening i'm gonna call in tech support to help me so we don't just stop this recording <laughs> <laughs> oh no Oh my um, God. I'm still trying to find the height of Emma Corrin, who is going to be Princess Diana. But I thought that's this season. I don't fucking know. I asked you what season number, and yeah, you were too I said busy the one turning off all the goddamn one. lights. What? Elizabeth Debicki. The fuck? Hold on. 6'3". That is a tall woman. Yeah. That's a tall human specimen. But what I'm trying to say is that this show is very good. It, <laughs> um, it is <laughs> a low investment. It's only six episodes, but it's a lot better than I thought it would be. And it's like just enough like spy shit and pretty things like pretty scenic views and it's good. Excellent. That's my other gift. Um, so <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> my twenty-five that is minutes. An excellent gift. <laughs> I know we're twenty-five minutes into the episode, but I would I like to care. address my quarantine corner update. Yes, because please. I think I think this is great. Um, I just so quickly have to verify one piece of information, or sure. at least make sure that I have it available to me. Okay, so um. So, in the last several weeks, I've been occupied. And during that occupation, I used some of that time to dive into OG Below Deck, which was, I think, maybe the most positive outcome of the events of this summer. Yep. Um, and as part of that, we have a new dad. We have a new dad! <laughs> Kelsey and I acquired a new dad this summer. And that is Captain Lee. Mm-hmm. We ha- we now have four canonical dads. Yes. Yes. Welcome, dad. <laughs> Welcome to the party, dad. I think d- 
Lee Dad is particularly... Is he Captain Dad? I think he's Captain Dad. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I think Captain Dad is particularly well-suited to the Dad canon. I think so, too. Yeah. I know that he's, like, a major divergence from the other three dads. You got your Quaid Dad and your Pierce Dad and your Treat Dad. We know that Quaid Dad is questionable right now, guys. We're going to look past it. We know that Quaid Dad is a problematic dad. We know. We've done a lot of soul-searching about our problematic (laughs) father. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't get to choose your dads. No. <laughs> you can choose your friends. This is a real mom you can and choose dad your episode. podcast dads. I have my dead mom come up on Top Chef and then. <laughs> God. God. Um. So anyway, I've destroyed like four seasons of Below Deck in approximately a week and a half, and that was all work time yeah <laughs> for what it's worth um You've done very good i've watched a lot of below deck and i'm it, i'm very tired um i'm so kind if- of excited that you're gonna probably end on season three right because you started on four um i've watched four through six and i'm halfway through one right or so actually it might be three- closer to the end of one the most unhinged season, in my yes. opinion, because I haven't seen past, I haven't seen five onwards yet. Okay. Will be like a little, you know, like the icing on the cake. Sure, sure, sure. Six was a great season for when you get there. Okay. Um, I haven't watched seven yet, which is Kate's last season. Yeah. And I'm honestly a little scared to get there. I need to finish this season of Med before I can deal with season seven of OG. Because there's the a lot of The season of Med will not end because I think they just decided to milk it as long as they possibly Why are there like 18 episodes? Below it's Deck so is like. Long. We've had seasons that were like 12 or 13 episodes, but this season, for whatever goddamn reason. It's not really a good season. Either, it's not a good season. There's too fucking much happening. There, nobody None of it matters. Nobody is likable because it's all such a hot fucking mess. Yep. Um, anywho. So, Lee is our dad now, and yeah. I think it's important for you to know that oh, no. Captain Dad is six foot. That's That tracks. I definitely thought Dude was, like, an easy 5'8". Yeah, but six foot is the line. Six foot is the, like, it could go either way. But he's got, he's got short man energy, not in a negative way. He does. <clears throat> he's got, like, Napoleon energy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I do see that. But anyway, he's six feet, so he's not short. Yeah. Um, I did learn in trying to find his height that he um, apparently used to own a bunch of restaurants before he had a yacht. Weird. And um, one of his kids died. Well, that's terrible. So that's a real bummer. I don't know what he died yeah. of, but he died of something. Um, he used to be super seasick all the time. Okay. Uh, which is fucking hilarious to me. (laughs) And there was, oh, there's also a gossip article that I haven't gotten to read yet about him filing for bankruptcy in 2017. Oh, good. So I am excited to dive into that. The other thing that I learned that, um, I do think is quite critical is that Captain Lee, i.e. Lee Dad, has a blog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I'm I'm logging into Slack so that I can send you Captain Dad's blog. Does he update it? <laughs> Let's see. The last update was when the, the Captain season Lee. Oh. was when the season finale aired. So yeah. This is, like, so poorly designed. Why are you using this font? <laughs> Check out all the exciting things on thecappedlee.com. <laughs> no. That's what the banner reads. And there's also a fun header that says, fans, fans, captain. <laughs> when the captain calls, you answer. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Oh, he has sure his, he has his a shop. Blog? He has his own shop. He does. Um, let's see. Oh my god, there are t-shirts. There's signed photos. There are mugs. There are Captain Lee coasters, Kelsey. Spoiler alert, but Kirsty, you're gonna get everything in this store for Christmas. <laughs> I have never been so upset that I sent you a link before investigating. There's a Captain Lee phone kickstand. Why does he have a book called Running Against the Tide? That I knew. That I actually knew. He has... A, oh, my. He has a hat that he signed that he also wore at an event, and you can buy it for $299.99. <laughs> you can also buy a mug that says Captain Lee, Stud of the Sea. Oh, no. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There are so many signed photos and signed hats. Oh my god, you can buy (gasps) you can buy a leather jacket that he wore and then autographed and it only costs fifteen hundred dollars. Why is this happening? (laughs) What is happening? (gasps) You can buy an autographed Hawaiian shirt. Wow. Okay. When we chose Captain Dad <laughs> as our dad, we had no idea. Um Stud of the Sea. Hot diggity. Oh my god, he has a very cute picture of him and his wife. You can buy a shirt. With Captain Lee's face on it, and on the back it says, I'd rather drag my dick through ten miles of broken whiskey bottles. Hashtag Captain Lee. (laughs) I love his quotes. I love his quotes so much. He has one that he uses repeatedly that's something about how his asshole is clenched so tight you can drive a pin up there with a sledgehammer or some (laughs) shit. And he uses it like 10 times a season. And it's like, Captain Lee, you really think about your butthole more than anyone needs you to. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. This is like... Wow. Wow. Okay, so what's more alarming, Captain Lee Strut of the Sea or Raffy fucking? Raffy fucking! <laughs> really? Because I'm a little alarmed by Stud of the Sea. I'm not. I've been on Where Outlander did that come from? Nothing phases me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like a pretty close contender to the Outlander <laughs> store. I know. This is big Outlander store energy. Like, Captain Lee stood at the sea, walked so that OutlanderStore.com could fly. <laughs> no, you're right. You're, you're very right. Oh my god. There is an autographed picture of Captain Dad that is titled, One Cool Dude, and he has his leather jacket slung <laughs> over one shoulder. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm obsessed with the fact that you can buy two different Captain Lee themed <laughs> phone kickflips. Like, why? Why? <laughs> can you imagine being like, here, co worker, watch this YouTube video on my phone. Oh, don't worry, I have a Captain Lee themed phone stand. <laughs> Who's Captain Lee? Let me tell you about the niche reality show that I watch sometimes. Oh my god. Guys, if you think we should do an entire episode dedicated to the worst online stores we can find for fandoms, like, please oh my god, tell us. Stores. Maybe we'll do it anyway. Please send us all of, our, all of your favorite fandom stores. I want to see every merch you can think of. You can send them to us on Twitter at HateWatchThis. Please. Or at heywatchthis at gmail.com if you're afraid of Twitter. Sure. (sighs) Okay. And 
at the 36 minute mark. Would this you is like- how I plan this. It's fine. Would okay. you like to transition into the episode? <laughs> oh, fuck. Who's going to rec- edit this one? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Okay. Whew. All right. Let's transition like the leaves transition in <laughs> Vermont at this time of year. Oh, no. Um, we, you know, we told you at the top of the show, we wanted to get into Hallmark seasonal content because at least like once or twice a year, we like to dive into Hallmark outside of Christmas. It's the gift that keeps on giving. What? You all right? There you go. There was some kind of weird noise and then you froze. Oh, my back? Yeah, you're back. It kind of sounded okay, like we- you were being run over with a lawnmower, but it's fine. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So So I was saying that we like um, the Hallmark season. Yeah, and we like to dive into it outside of Christmas. Mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. I think it's valuable to check in with their um transitional content because mm-hmm. I just think I just think it's important. Yeah, and especially because, like, they're not getting the full budget, the full $2 million max budget that a Hallmark Christmas movie is getting. Yes. So, you know, it's good to see what they're working with when they've got got less. It sort of gives you, like, like, it's a good case study in, I don't know if you want to call it the genre, but, like, these are the bare frameworks of what will become the seasonal themes seasonal films Mm -hmm. so you can really get a sense of how a hallmark movie is made basically outside of christmas because you just replace you do control f and replace christmas with leaves or fourth of (laughs) july (laughs) (laughs) exactly yep um so we went back to a movie that came out i think Two or three years ago. 2017. Called, perfect. Called Falling for Vermont. Uh, it stars at least someone who I recognized before from she, other Uh She was films. in, hold on, I literally just found this and then she I got She was in the so Reno distracted. one, right? Yes. Hmm. She was in that. She was in, she's in a 2020 movie called Jingle okay. Bell Bride. So good luck with right. that. That's she, not on our list. Don't she worry. was in we Veronica Mars. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, <laughs> she was in Veronica Mars. She was in Flip That Romance, which we covered on this podcast. She was in a film called How to Train Your Husband or, in parentheses, How to Pick Your Second Husband First. Mm. I'm going to investigate that film. Um, she was in a film called Pumpkin Pie Wars. In 2016. I am going to investigate that as well. That's got to be a Hallmark, right? (laughs) She's been in a lot of things that sound Hallmarky. She was in something called Three Holiday Tales, (laughs) T-A-I-L-S, in 2011. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, she's a regular. She was in Christmas with the Cranks and A Cinderella Story and Dodgeball. And Drake and Josh. So she had, like, a really busy period from, like, her first... I remember her in a Cinderella story. She had a lot... So her first credit is 2001. And Mm. she did, like, 2001, 2002, 2003. And then 2003 through 2005 is lit on IMDb. And then it's kind of quiet. And then 2007 was busy. Mm -hmm. And then it's sort of, like, here and there, starting after 2009. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, do you want to talk about the premise here? So this film is about (laughs) a writer. And you know that she is a writer slash author because she talks constantly about how she is a writer and therefore not cut out for public speaking. 
Yeah. But she is a young adult fiction author who has had a big breakout book a la Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And I think they made a movie out of the book. Yep. And so when the film begins, she's busy with press tour and her boyfriend agent is running around throwing her on TV and she's having to like drive real fast around private chauffeured cars in Boston and <laughs> talk a lot about flights to LA. And it's yeah. just like very obvious that her schedule is very busy and very stressful. And this is not what she signed up for as an author. An artist. An artist. So <laughs> she gets put on an interview on Beantown today. <laughs> and it's, this is like the apex of the stress of this book release. And her boyfriend not listening to her or appreciating her as a human being. And as she's sitting on the set of Beantown today... She realizes that she doesn't want to be there at all. This whole life is a lie. So she grabs her car keys and runs off the set while conveniently none out of 150 crew people are looking. Yeah. And she steals her sister's car and runs out the building and drives to Vermont. Yeah. Because Vermont is her happy place. And en route to Vermont, just over the state line, apparently, (laughs) she encounters rain And crashes her car into a ravine and loses her memory. Yeah. And conveniently. Like you do. who she is. And then is found by, like, the quaint town sheriff. And then is taken to the country doctor. The treat dad of this film, if you will. Yeah, we have bones to pick with that. Yes. Also. At which point, he and the entire town embark on a journey to rediscover who this woman is. And there are small town shenanigans and a lot of leaf peeping and many branches of fake leaves that they clearly bought at a Michael's. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Harvest Festival, basically, at which point her agent boyfriend busts in because everybody all realizes who she is all at once. The sheriff finds her car, the country doctor discover something i don't know and her boyfriend finds her on a missing persons something something and drives up to vermont so everybody realizes this all at the same time and she remembers and she remembers also and so she has to reckon with who she is and that's the whole thing yeah yeah Yeah. It's like a self-discovery story about the fall. I don't, I don't know if, like, we set the bar too high or if it was just that it was new, but every Hallmark movie, I just want to be that first fall Hallmark movie we watched about Vermont and the Lacey one lived up to the hype. Yes. Was it the Lacey one? With the private chef and the Airbnb or whatever. Yes. That was good shit. But, you know, I think they write films specifically for Lacey because the Lacey mm. films consistently make better hate watches. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I yeah, I mean the best part in terms of a hate watch in this whole entire film was the placeholder title that became the real title of her book series. <laughs> About time travel called Time Visitor. <laughs> time Visitor. <laughs> like, someone tried not at all. But in fairness, the title of this film is Falling for Vermont. And that's not better than Time Visitor. <laughs> or Bean Town Today. <laughs> or Bean Town Today. <laughs> Can you imagine, in the year of our Lord 2020, a television station with a, <laughs> with a show that it spends money to produce called Beantown Today? That is some local access shit. No kidding. Did y'all have in middle school that, like, middle school TV channel? I've heard of other middle schools that no. had this, but my middle school had it. 
And we never had TVs. Oh, okay. So that was part of it. <laughs> there was like there was like this program for middle schools, I guess, where they like gave you a middle school news station. So three days a okay. week, we had like essentially a public access news station for our middle school. And they would play it in homeroom, and people would produce, like, news stories. Like, one of my friends was on the station, and she <laughs> produced a news story about why parents don't like kids' music. Oh anyway, Beantown Today has big middle school television station energy. Would Beantown Today be on, like, before or after just Crack an Egg? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> before. <laughs> It's like, at like, bet you can't. So, at like nine o'clock at night, it's Bean Town today. At ten o'clock at night, it's Crack and Ag. And then at eleven o'clock, it goes to like the McMurray show. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the test screen until like yes. four a.m. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a lineup. I also appreciated how Hallmark, when we were watching it, we wanted to sync up, so we were both kind of, like, paused on the intro city montage Mm -hmm. that's, like, obligatory for every Hallmark movie. And I was paused there for, like, a while, because we were, I don't know, we were having issues, and I was, like, watching it, and then it's, like, it's, is it? I don't, I don't think it is. Maybe it is. And it was, like, this old-ass stock footage of Boston, and because the skyline has changed so much. Yeah. It definitely it took me a was to be like uh well it definitely was Boston because there was um what was that building from Suffolk it was one something Ashburton maybe is it Ashburton Bowden <clears throat> the big brown rectangle yeah I know what you're talking about is it Bowden Street I can't remember Bowden I just know that the number is one Ashburn. Well, somewhere in downtown Boston that doesn't matter to anyone (laughs) listening to this. No, it doesn't matter. Anyway, that building, though, was in that montage, so that's how I knew it was Boston, because I, like, I hated that building, so I recognized that building. Mm -hmm. But that building is also, or, sorry, that montage is more recent than when I lived in Boston, because, like, a block or two down from that building is, like, an all-glass high-rise in that montage. Hmm. But it's been long enough since I lived in Boston that it could both be new to me and old. And old to me, yeah. 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 They also had Beantown Today's uh, studio in the seaport, which was not correct. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think there's studios in the seaport right now, but, you know, what do I know? Who knows? Who knows? (sighs) Anyway. It's not one um, Ashburton for what it's worth. Okay. I think it's Bowden, but I don't know for sure. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I feel like the most disappointing thing about this movie to me, like the high point was Time Visitor. The low point was... The rest of the film. The rest of the film and like the lack of like anything fun about Vermont or fall that we Correct. Could- like latch on to there, there was, was no reason for it to be vermont other than the idea of foliage and even then their attempt at foliage so like we all know that they film hallmark movies out of season so they would have been yeah. filming falling in vermont in like june or july August. sure yeah well treat dad is filming a christmas movie well he's done filming his christmas movie they wrapped like yesterday yeah so, so that's like <laughs> two months out it comes out November 22nd. Okay. So, yeah, like, two months from the start of filming. Yeah. So they would have been doing it in, like, June. Yeah. Um. So, there, you know, there's not leaves in Vermont at that time or British Columbia where they would have been filming. Fine. Mm-hmm. But what they chose to do instead was to, like, go to Michael's and get a bunch of plastic pots and a bunch of those, like, silk yep. branch leaves and just sort of strategically place them around town and yeah, call so that be foliage. Like- all green trees and bushes, and then this one <laughs> sapling with like orange leaves. Yes, it was not subtle. And, and they it was would in put a pot. them like <laughs> they would be in like a black planter, like one of those ones that you get at like the garden supply store. And you know, on the main street of the quaint little town, they would have these all next to every storefront, but like as close to the eaves of the storefront yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, not where trees are planted when it comes to like city planning or it would be only behind a bench 
Mm-hmm. Or they would, like, tack a couple onto the side of an existing tree. <laughs> yep. There were a couple <laughs> scenes where they tried that. But other than those fake trees being there, there was nothing about Vermont. I think the closest thing they did was they have one shot. The first time that you discover that she likes Vermont, she is like, I have to go to my happy place. And she, like, closes her eyes and thinks about Vermont. And mm-hmm. they do this, like, little montage of Vermont, and they show this one shot of, like, a white steeple church with a background of leaves. Yeah. That's, like, the closest they come to ever grounding you in place. Yeah. 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 Like, I... There has to be a better way to do foliage than that way. (laughs) Okay. Like, can't you spray paint tree leaves or something, like, that washes off? I don't know. You could, like, spray paint the trees. You could get some stock footage. You This was 2017. They could do some low-grade CGI. Mm-hmm. You could put a filter on the lens, like, get some key lighting and, like, put an orange filter on it and at least make the leaves start to look a little more dull. You could, like, scatter some leaves around on the ground. You can like- buy leaves and put them on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. These are all options putting like five twigs of clearly silk (laughs) leaves like that was the other thing about them is it's not just that they were dead leaves you could see the texture of the the like fabric of the silk leaf right it was obviously not something made in nature right and there were like three of them so in the background (laughs) everything was like green and then it was like oh in this corner i guess there's like an orange leaf it felt like there was someone on set who was like, oh, don't forget it's fall. Don't forget it's fall. Don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> the other thing in terms of the set design that I just thought was, like, amazing is there's a gazebo in town that's supposed to be this, like, historic gazebo that the love interest's parents got married in. Yeah. And it is so clearly built specifically for this film. First mm-hmm. of all, in the layout of that city... It doesn't make sense for it to be where it is. Yeah. Like, any other small New England town like that on the main drag would have had, like, one park that's, like, essentially a block. And the gazebo would be in the middle of that. But in this film, the gazebo's in the middle of, like, a median off the side of a sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) And the pressure-treated lumber that they built this historic gazebo out of looks as fresh (laughs) as my deck. And my deck is approximately four weeks old. Yep. So. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. There was, like, a lot of questionable set design in this. Like, I have thoughts, but the house that, so she, like, goes and lives with the country doctor and his children because, like, sure, in, like, their guest house. Yeah, he's a single dad and his wife died. Yeah. Yeah. So family is dealing with trauma. And random stranger comes to house, and country doctor is like, sure, I've known you for five hours, come live in my house with my children. Right. Um, and so, like, the guest house seems fine, but the main house they use for, like, the kitchen and living area shots, and there's a couple of shots of the living room, it's like a on the water, like, is kind of like a camp, but yep. not a camp. To me, the entire thing looked like a lake house. Yeah. And in the living room, it almost looks like they just, like, rented a furnished house. Yes. And then tried to make it work. Yep. And the living room they set up, because there's one scene where she has to watch, she's, like, watching TV. And... There's a like a room divider screen behind the TV and they show it in another angle and that is in front of the fireplace. So <laughs> no. So I've like never seen a living room where you just cut off your fireplace and put a room divider there to put your TV in front of. There's like probably a thousand other solutions to that. Yep. And I don't know why that was the one. Why that was the choice. Yeah. But speaking of choices, we should also talk about our number one favorite scene in this movie that you will know when I tell you because you're making a scared face. <laughs> you're that, like I don't know. What that my was still during. <laughs> that was still during the dark times. I know. 
<laughs> um, but it was the makeover scene. Oh. It was bad. I forgot that scene. <laughs> Tell me more about it. How did you forget? I blacked out. Oh, the makeover scene! Yeah! Oh my god. (laughs) Holy shit. So she rolls up into town and having a skin... I forgot. I forgot. It's okay. I'm back. Um, So I've experienced a trauma since July. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Um, So she escaped the set of Beantown today. And rolled up to Boston, or to Vermont, without any of her clothes, because she was fleeing. And when she arrives without her memory in this small town, the country doctor gives her, like, ten sets of scrubs, and those are her clothes. So then she's finally like, you know what? If I'm gonna be here for a while, I should probably own some clothes. So she and the country doctor and his various children (laughs) go to a thrift shop. Yeah. Where we are treated to a makeover scene that nobody asked for. <laughs> no, not one not person. single not a single person asked for this. It was so like the flashback that I had while watching this was so reminiscent of a a princess for Christmas. Is that the one? The Sam Hugh and Tight White Pants film. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's the original Princess for Christmas. <laughs> the OG. Princess for Christmas. And I don't know that there's a makeover scene in that film specifically, but just the vibe of it was so Princess for Christmas-y. It reminded me of another one, too, and I can't, like, put my finger on it, Mm. but I think just because it's so, like, it's been done a thousand times the exact same way that it doesn't even It's not even just that makeover scenes are overplayed. It was that this one was, like, arbitrary. Right. It was like someone was sitting in a writer's room and was like mapping out the storyboard and was like, okay, so now we have dead space for approximately 25 minutes. (laughs) And I, you know, we have these two commercial breaks and I don't really know what to do in between here. So what if she just doesn't have clothes? Yeah. Is that okay? Is that anything? But not in a sexy way. Don't worry. Yeah, but not in a sexy way because we're Hallmark and we don't fuck. Raffi fucks, but we don't. (laughs) (laughs) If Raffi can fuck hallmark can fuck this is my platform <laughs> okay so here's my thing i think raffy can only be raffy because he fucks oh my god <laughs> this is escalating <laughs> like you think he brings that much sexual energy to banana phone <laughs> come from that's all i'm saying <laughs> it's fair <laughs> but i just think you can't <laughs> you can't be a grown-ass man with a career as a children's singer for that long without having some kind of like relief valve <laughs> so um so because <laughs> Because Raffi fucks, Hallmark can't, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's what keeps the universe in balance. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, alright. <laughs> the scales of the cosmos. So, anyway, during this extremely unsexy <laughs> makeover montage, she's in a thrift store. And she's just, like, trying on all the shit in the thrift store for the country doctor and his children. And yeah. she sometimes is, like, in costume. Like, she tries on, like, a western cowgirl costume. Well, also the premise is that they all pick out outfits for her. And, like, I'm sorry. I don't want a grown man that I... That, whatever. Whatever my relationship is that to. you met, like, three minutes ago. I don't want him picking out my clothes. Yeah, I just don't want that. At the thrift store in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No, thank you. And, like, thrifting is fine, but for those of you who did grow up in small towns and know what those thrift stores are like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then the real kicker of the montage <laughs> is that she tries on all these outfits, and then she comes out wearing, like, a tan cardigan and, like, a brown paisley blouse and, like, pants. 
And everyone's yep. like, ooh. And she goes, right. this is it. Or like, whatever. <laughs> and it's supposed to be this like grand reveal. Yep. And I don't know, since it's not like a ballroom scene, it's not like a party scene, like it's not intended to be like, this is a beautiful woman and now the country doctor is in love with her. Yeah. I don't know what it was supposed to be other than like, I guess she's a person. Yeah, like, had they done some upfront work with her character to identify her as a person who likes things who has a certain type of fashion sense that sure would be narratively important they could have built this up to a moment of like oh this is like my subconscious telling me who i am but that is a level of depth i never would have thought to go to (laughs) although that said there is a scene where so the country doctor's parents own a diner and they feed her something that has like pecans or some shit. And yeah. she's very excited to eat it. And I did have the thought, which is related to where you're going, that I wonder how an amnesiac would know what they like or don't like. I don't know. She's allergic to nuts is the punchline. Yeah. And then she has an allergic reaction. Yeah. Because she forgot because she has amnesia. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about this movie. She restores a canoe. She does restore a canoe. I don't know what they were trying to do with that, but that's how she bonds with his children. Yep. Um, So I kept thinking in that scene because I've been listening to the American Girls podcast for a while and they've been in the Samantha series. Sure. And if you know the Samantha series, you know that her parents died on a boat yeah, like a like a canoe boat on this like going to some island out in like upstate New York in a storm, and then there's a book later where the her like friends basically take her out on the same voyage. Like I don't know if they know or not. I don't remember all the details. Anyway, it's this whole thing with this harrowing trip <laughs> and trauma <laughs> on a boat on on a. Body of water. It's two in truths and a trauma, the Samantha story. Correct. So, like, um, yeah, it's, I kept thinking, like, because they kept saying, like, oh, the dad went out with the mom on that boat all the time. I was like, did she die on the boat? Are they going to take her out there? <laughs> well, they did play it like the dad was going to have low key trauma when the boat was mm-hmm. revealed. And then she shows him the boat, and she's like, oh my god, I shouldn't have, like, done the boat. Are you so upset? And then he, like, secretly likes the boat, and so then he and his son can bond now? Yeah. I guess. I hate that, like, I don't know if we want to call it a trope, but the idea of, like, people restoring other people's things as a surprise. Like, don't ever touch my stuff. Don't touch my (laughs) shit. Don't touch it. Under no circumstances. No, it's no. not cute. No, it's not cute. No. No, because you don't know what I'm planning to do with that shit. Yeah. Yeah? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't touch my shit. Um, also, the so there's, like, the weirdest thing I thought was the way that they were trying to play him as a dad, which was that he was, like, secretly a good dad, but a wicked tight ass. Yeah. I didn't understand what they were going for, because they were always, like joking about how he's too organized they were trying to play that like she would loosen him up but that was not well executed it didn't play in any particular way shape or form no so there was that and uh the other thing we have not addressed yet is that the daughter is also a writer and that's eventually what leads to the main character getting her memory back yeah But first, the daughter writes a play as part of a school competition, and the theme of it is, like, friendship, and they show a scene at the Harvest Fest that literally amounts to a school bully, a rando, and a friend, and they're all just like, I guess I should have been nice to you. (laughs) We can all be friends now. And every single young person in the crowd claps. Right. Which is maybe the most bad, like, this play could not be more about narcs if it fucking tried. 
<laughs> and every middle schooler in the audience is like, oh my god, you did such a good job. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not, not real. Yeah. Um, okay, so, that's Falling for Vermont. That's As a, a weird-ass fucking movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a teaser to uh, Hallmark Christmas, we've been reviewing the articles that have come out about the lineup, thanks to our fan who has been sending us updates as they come. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rachel. You are doing the Lord's work. Yes. Um. So, like, rest assured, we will be covering the next Christmas in Evergreen. Yep. We will be covering the at least one of the time travel Hallmark Christmases. The fact that you to- have to say at least <laughs> is like a lot. But yep. we will we will be doing it. Yes. Uh there is at least one, maybe two that have some sort of like scavenger hunt gameified premise. <laughs> Alarming. So we might be dabbling in those. We're very excited about the Treat Dad gay adoption Hallmark Christmas movie. Yes. That is such a gift. Quite a gift. Quite a treat. An absolute treat. An absolute treat for Christmas. Yes. That we've been Um, given. Yeah. So we're excited. Excuse me. Hope you are too. And we also obviously will be on the lookout for Netflix stuff. We're not stuck with Hallmark. We've got a lot of Christmas to cover. There's so much. Isn't isn't this the year that we're supposed to get another Vanessa movie? Yeah, Princess Switch switched again. There it is. <laughs> there are more Vanessas. Yeah, Vanessas are coming. Um, to, we have another Treat Dad movie coming out that's a musical. There's just a lot. A lot it's, happening. It's going to be a great holiday lineup. So if there's a particular Hallmark Christmas movie that you want us to cover, we will make time for it. Provided, like, we don't get 15 of these requests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many weeks in a year. Yeah, but, like, Rachel, you get first dibs. You get first um, dibs every time because you're the best. Yeah, so you can tweet to us or send us an email or something if there is a, a holiday film this year that you need us to discuss. We're happy to do that public service. <laughs> that is, in fact, what we are here for as podcasters yeah. and people. Yes. Correct. And to talk about Rappy Fucking. <laughs> and to remind all of you out there, in case you've forgotten, that Rappy does he, indeed fuck. He fucks. And there is evidence on the internet that Rappy fucks. Yep. So, um, yeah. Anything else to add? Nope. You're good? Yeah. Rappy fucks? Okay. Rappy fucks, that and note. that's it. <laughs> um, oh, wait, hold on. Us- okay. um, I was closing out tabs, and I went back to this interview with Captain Dad. And okay. Captain Dad is answering the question um, about how he stays grounded as a human being. And it's a okay. two-paragraph answer, but one of the things he says is, there's an old saying, what's the difference between God and a captain? God doesn't think he's the captain. A lot of captains think they're God. Wow. So there you go. Can we get that on a t-shirt? I know! (laughs) Everyone's so busy with Stud in the Sea, but that's pretty good. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. All right. Um, If you want to tell us about what Captain Lee merch is your favorite, uh, you can do that. Again, on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs, or email us, HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, HateWatchWithUs.com, and click the contact form. Or our favorite way to get feedback is through a review on Apple Podcasts. So please, at least click the little stars and, like, push them closer to the five and further from the one. Yeah, you don't, you absolutely do not have to write things, but definitely put in some stars. That yeah. takes zero effort. Yeah, that would be incredible. Thank you. It's your turn, Kirsty. I know, I was sending you a Slack message. Um, 
<laughs> we're also oh <laughs> we are also members <laughs> okay <laughs> that head tilt was the correct reaction <laughs> I just sent Kelsey a picture of Captain Dad as a young man, and yeah. she had the correct reaction. So yeah. we are also members of the Thumb Bumble Audio <laughs> Network, which is a network of podcasts about nerd shit. And if you would like to be grounded in uh, fandoms and media that are not just rappy fucking, you can find them at <laughs> Thumb Bumble FM on Twitter. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Audio or Thoughtbubble Audio FM on Twitter and Thoughtbubble Audio at gmail.com. They are also on Patreon. So if you are interested in learning more about Rafu fucking, you can fund them on Patreon and therefore fund important aspects of this show's infrastructure. saying the words Rappy fucking and receiving a link for the Rappy online store. I just had to see what was out there. Wait, what is RaffyStore.com? Is that a separate website? There's RaffyNews.com slash store. I know, but it links out to Rappy. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. RaffyStore.com. It's a different place. Uh Uh-oh. Why have one store when you can have two? <laughs> oh my god. On that all right, note, we need to release all these people. From there's a this. game. There's a piece, there's a board game. There's a baby beluga board game. Why not? With love from Raffi. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> thank you. We we'll appreciate you. I will see you next time when we Bye. hopefully talk about Rafi fucking less. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> <laughs>